Coming up, we got traffic and weather. You're listening to Julian Lennon singing Too Late for Goodbyes here on Dan Hates the Beatles. I'm Dan, I hate the Beatles. I'm Josh. I love those silly little Beatles and their offspring. This guy really looks like, um, he really looks like, he favors John Lennon a lot. Quite a bit. Yes. He looks like him. Sounds a lot like him, too. Oh, let me listen. Hold on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, weird. That's always a thing where people are always like, oh my God, he looks just like you. Like yeah. the dad is like, who well, do you look like of your parents? My dad. Okay. And, um, and it's like, yeah, they're, they're supposed to, you know. Yeah. They have, my, they have half my DNA. <laughs> um, so, folks, here we are. Uh, we have completed the initial round of mm-hmm. studio albums done by the Beatles. Uh, it was a harrowing journey. Heroin? Yeah, it's a heroin journey. Um, it really was in several ways. Yeah, um, and also harrowing. And um, yeah, there were laughs, there were tears, mm-hmm. there were boo boxes and Some farts, gators, and Ralph I commercials. Think Santa, Santa fucked Mrs. Harrison, right? Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we 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 learned we both learned a lot about the Beatles, um, and we're not going to stop. Because <laughs> we're not going to stop till we get enough. Yeah, until we run out of shit. And you know what? I don't know if we ever will. <laughs> we like doing this too much to be reasonable about stopping. <laughs> yeah. So we we put it out there in the DHTB verse to see what everyone thought we should do. Um, I think the consensus is uh, do the solo albums chron- chronologically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll do that. So the the funky thing is, um. I've just now looked, and let me tell you something. I'm sure you've all figured this out, but I don't know about Dan, but I do very little research I, on this show. I do enough research on my other podcasts that I don't need to do more for this and, one. And when, I, and when I do a little research, we, we, it's it's five minutes before we press the record button. Which, <laughs> I think the, well, I did listen to every album, like, all the way through, back when we were in that. Yeah. And this is such a fucking scattershot that... Yeah. I don't know where we're going to go. Yeah. So, um, anywho. And I know that there's a lot of um, weird album stuff going on with the Beatles, but um, we're just going to skip right over that for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there, if there are any songs of the Beatles that we missed. So, I know that there's different albums, but, you know... There, I feel like there's got to be at least one. There's a lot of crossover, and so... Um, you know, we chose to do the studio albums for a reason, but if there are any Beatles songs that we missed on either the studio or the, um, red and blue, mm-hmm. then let us know on, on the Facebook group. We love Dan hates the Beatles. Otherwise we're going to skip past all the, um, other weird side albums. Um, anyway, so looking at, uh, I, I, I did a little fact checking, uh, and it looks like, if we go chronologically with the solo album stuff, they were making solo stuff, quote unquote solo stuff, while they were still together as the Beatles. Um, and a lot of it is some weird ass shit. So the first thing we have is Wonderwall music from from George Harrison. Um, and from what I can gather, it's it might be a soundtrack type of thing from um, for like an Indian. Indian film, Indian as in India, Wonderwall is a film being a uh, a song by Mike Flowers Pops. 
it's a that's too inside baseball for uh, yeah, me right. of a joke. Um, but no, the, it really is an Oasis cover that George is doing here. And um, now there's a film. Well, they're called all time travelers. Wonder we've established. Yeah, yeah. There's a film called Wonderwall. I, I could click into it and, and see what it's about. I'm not gonna. But uh, um, probably porn. Yeah. So we're not gonna. I think today we might cover several different works of the first few because we're not going to go song for song on all these albums because that's just too tedious for me. I'm not in the mood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this initial stuff is some, it's like all instrumental slash sound effects, um, which uh, I have no time for or patience. Right. Yeah. Basically, Josh is doing our listeners a solid because this is the shit that I would just drag everyone through and giggle like a fucking schoolgirl. Yeah. But we'll start with George's Wonderwall music. So um here and this is a uh there's a lot of tracks on this thing. Twenty two <laughs> songs. But it's under an hour. Um so here's here's a sampling. So we'll we'll start with the first first track called Microbes. And we know how much you know how much George loves that sitar. <laughs> this is microbes. Microbes. Yeah, you can hear that. Yeah. What is a microbe? Like a bacterium or a? Uh, it's um some kind of. Well, it's like an oven, only it's smaller, and Damn. it cooks your food. And you silly shorter bastard! Amount of time. Now you're not a Indian music scholar. Not yet. Not, not cer- you're not certified. Right. I have one test that I have to pass. Yeah. My but, behind the wheel test. But from your musical education, what do you think so far of this? Um I do, feel like Can you recognize all the instruments going on right now? You got a kazoo? Um <laughs> I mean it could be. <laughs> That's some kind of a stringed instrument or a cat. They're just <laughs> just playing the cat. They're holding a cat, like pulling it, his tail, and doing like the old, uh, getting all the uh, <laughs> steamboat Willie style. All the notes. <laughs> um, I'm sh- I'm sure whatever these instruments are, they're very meaningful to whoever's playing at them. Fine, I'll read the plot of Wonderwall. The reclusive eccentric scientist Oscar Collins, played by Jack McGowan, wait a minute, has two next door neighbors. George Harrison produced this film, didn't he? Probably has two next door neighbors: a pop photographer, played by uh, Ayan Lane Courier, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend slash model Penny Lane, ah, oh. played by Jane Birkin. Discovering a beam of light streaming through a hole in the wall between them, Collins follows the light and spots Penny modeling for a photo shoot. Intrigued, he begins to make more holes as days go by and fucks them, no. And um, and they do more photo sessions. Oscar gradually... Oh, sorry, Mom, for the F-bomb. She doesn't like that. Oscar gradually becomes infatuated with the girl and feels a part of the couple's lives... Uh, even forsaking work to observe them. Uh, this is like this is like a. Um, it's like some holy mountain. This shit. is like a Norman. Uh, well, that too. Bates <laughs> looking <laughs> no, looking through the holes yeah. in the wall, right? 
<laughs> Norman does bait. Uh, <laughs> hey. When they quarrel and the couple splits, Penny takes an overdose of pills and passes out, but Oscar comes to her rescue. And that's the plot. Psych- <laughs> psychedelic film, if you can tell. Action comedy, right? Yeah. All right, let's... I hear in the sequel, though, they really, you know... Flesh out a Pick lot a number of those one things. through ten. Right? Uh, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Greasy legs is the name of this next Greasy song. Greasy legs. Oh, George. That's the same. That's wait. That's clearly a different song, dummy. <laughs> I listened to some pretentious ass shit, and is that? Are they playing Happy Birthday? Probably. Apparently the Bee Gees are supposed to do this, but they're unavailable, so Harrison took over. <laughs> I'm sure the Bee Gees would have done basically the same thing. Yeah. But with their voices. <laughs> are we sure this isn't just the Bee Gees, like, sped up and treated with <laughs> all sorts of equalization stuff? Probably. It's <laughs> picturing Andy Gibb with his fucking finger in his ear. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. This wasn't Greasy Legs. This is Guru Vandana. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that one. explains it. Here's Greasy Legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> really paints a picture. You know, out there, somebody like <laughs> has this album and they love it and they listen to it. Oh no, this is this is an album that you, if you're into this, you are way fucking into this. Ooh, there's a little keyboard or synthy action. Oh, I think yeah, like a um, what's it called? Uh, it was like one of those small pianos. Oh, like a, uh, oh, like a Casio thing. I don't know what you're thinking of. It ends with the Tron. Is there anything that ends with the Tron? Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> According to Dale, of course, I don't know who Dale is. Well, it's Chip's friend. As the first solo released by a member of the band, Wonderwall music is widely viewed as the Marco Polo of Beatles solo albums. That doesn't make any sense. Yet its true historical significance lies in its standing as the one uh, one of the first records to really bring Indian classical music into pop and rock. This is a person trying to come up with something positive to say about a thing. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, okay, so it's not atrocious. It's just... I, I'm not, I couldn't, I'm not I couldn't, putting this on, you know. Right, I can't tell if it's drive. good or bad. Um, yeah. I feel like probably, and this is probably an insult to say this. Maybe do uh, it, do well, it. It's like say something racist, Josh. No, I was to say like <laughs> it's probably hard to like. I'm sure I could like just stumble across a sitar and just like start plucking it, and right. people would be like, "Oh, like no one without a trained ear would know the difference between like." You know, hence my issue with that one song on Rubber Soul. Norwegian Wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was that was probably ignorant of me. That's probably not true. I, I probably couldn't make it sound good. Um, no, I think I think you're I think you're onto something there where it's like anyone can have an entry level 
uh, skill with anything, right? And uh-huh. at some point, just you being able to do the thing is impressive for people who don't know what the thing is. Yeah. But then... <laughs> I, I I would imagine that at this point in his career, George Harrison's probably not going to put this shit out unless it has at least some authenticity behind it because yeah. i think i think he's definitely getting looked at yeah um so we're done with that one <laughs> but uh you know it's it, he it, it's it's special because it is the first solo album from the beatles um so it has that 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 at least that record that mm-hmm. his, you know historical right. documents will show that this was the first one that mm-hmm. was um and it's George is trying to you know introduce Indian Indian music to uh, a wider an American audience. I wonder if this is his like fusion. I think, I wonder if this is his like you know what fuck rock music man. I'm just gonna do what I really care about, and that's this. Yeah, you know like like a certain Mr. David Sylvian, who I haven't mentioned in a very long time, by the way. Yeah. But um. All right. Well, let's move on. So that that was released November first, nineteen sixty eight. I believe that's the date on this. I don't know if that was when it was released or um, or uh, recorded. I don't know. A mere ten days later, my friends, mm. eleven eleven sixty eight, unfinished music number one, colon <laughs> two virgins, <laughs> was released by John Lennon. It's only three tracks. And one of them is a bonus track. I don't know if that's a, that was on the original one. How would how would you know? I don't know. Thirty three minutes five seconds. Mm. Three tracks. So here is two virgins side one. I'm guessing originally that it was just two. This is the moment I've been waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. It's like he just left a uh, a recorder on. Don't you see, Josh? That's what's amazing about it. Like, anything can be music. Well, if you want to see... John Lennon's I didn't know this was even a thing I didn't know If you want to see John Lennon's dick Or Who doesn't Yoko's bush and boobs Just take a look at the album look. Oh there we are There Yeah Right there Mm-hmm So John and Yoko are naked mm-hmm. On the uh, Good for those kids You know They're just in love They're uh, making weird music well, this is clearly not music, but it. Uh, um, how dare you? This is this is the work of a genius. Here is what I remember from this album, aka Wikipedia. It's the first of three experimental albums released by John and Yoko. It was a result of an all-night session of musical experimentation with Yoko in John's home studio at Kenwood, while his wife Cynthia was on holiday in Greece. <laughs> oh. So, uh, so this is not only known for its avant-garde content, but also for the cover, which features the couple naked. Um, <coughs> yeah. 
what I'm hearing in this is um, the fragile nature of mankind. And are you into uh, honest question? Are yeah. you are you into like experimental shit like this? Okay, if it works, I mean, if so, what makes it work for you? I don't know. I think it's if I'm listening. To, if I'm listening to it, and I have to say this is good for experimental music, or oh wow. Um, If it ends up becoming something that's actually listenable on its own in its own merit, then I think experimentation is a fantastic way to get there. Um, this is is not. It's you. You can start here and then maybe bring in like a producer or an editor and have them say like, "Okay, let's take these pieces and then make." Make something from it. I mean, have them come and shit all over their idea and vision? No, bro. There's no idea or vision here. This is just, we're going to turn on a fucking recorder and... Whistle. And whistle, and then... Or, I don't know if he's whistling or if he's playing Yoko's Bush. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Maybe his penis is whistling. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um... All right, sorry, future me, but I'm gonna fast forward to uh, some unknown. I'll hold the iPod, uh, iPad up to the mic, so so. Also, sorry, listeners. I'm, I'm, I just, I just want to see if this goes anywhere different. I, there's no way. Oh no, okay, I, I can I can see. I'm gonna go to the nine minute mark. Nine minutes, exactly. Damn it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> There's John. <laughs> I thought that was Eric Clapton. <laughs> they brought in Clapton for him. <laughs> All right, how about Two Virgins uh, <laughs> Side 2? It's going to be the same fucking thing. Unfinished music. What a douchey thing to call an album. It's like you just have to finish it in your mind, you know. What's Paul McCartney doing here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's playing, right? Yeah, something's going on. Oh. They brought in the old lady from Poltergeist. (laughs) Come to the light. This at least... I like this better than side one. I'm kind of on board right now for this one. You know, I still don't know much about Yoko. As a, I'm sorry, who? Yoko, the visual artist. The Yoko. Japanese visual yeah, artist? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know much about her. Um, I mean, a part of me sort of respects her just for being out there, and she's just like, has no shame about anything and just does her thing. I, I don't know if any of it's any good or no. bad. Yes. Or if he can even put the labels good and bad on what she does. That's kind of the point. I know that an improv, an older improv teacher of mine, not older, but in the past from L.A., she loved Yoko. Um, I, and she was very like a you know, big time like hardcore feminist. So maybe Yoko's done a lot for the feminist movement. Maybe, maybe. probably. 
I don't know. Um, she was part of a movement called Fluxus, which I knew something about before, but I totally forgot. Um, from what I gather and, and remember, Fluxus is kind of like an answer to Dada, which was an art movement in the 30s, 20s-ish, that basically would say, like, all art and all of art criticism is so full of itself that I can literally put a urinal on a wall and sign it and people will think that it's art and they did and it happened <laughs> and it, you know, it's kind of a joke but it's also like the joke is actually it's it's a joke but it's it's real it's satire right mm-hmm. and then that runs its course smashes into surrealism and then later on, I feel like these douchebags come along and they're like, I want to do Dada too, but like, they're not, they're not like really arguing the same argument or they're not, they're not in the same like cultural dynamic where they can actually like, where this is actually doing anything other than just being, this one's marginally interesting, but the other one is just complete horseshit. <laughs> Let's see. Um, it took Lennon six months to persuade his fellow band members to agree to the release of the album. <laughs> and despite not approving of the front cover, Paul McCartney was asked to provide a note for it, which read, When two great saints meet, it is a humbling experience. The long battles to prove he was a saint. Nice, vague sort of... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like things when they're good. The album was abhorred by both the music critics and the public alike. That's that's good. Uh, actress Sissy Spacek. Oh fuck! Guess what she said or she did? She fucking loved this shit. Okay, actress Sissy Spacek, using the pseudonym Rainbow without the W, recorded the song "John, You Went Too Far This Time" <laughs> in response to the album's cover. So she didn't like it. Okay, now this now this track has lost me. William Ruhlman so, of All Music remarked that it was not unlike what you might get if you turn on a tape recorder for a random half hour in mm-hmm. your home. That was like the first yeah, track, yeah. basically. Now, if you want to hear something that is, and we have like a hard out time wise, so I don't know that we need to get into this, but uh, if those of you who are listening to this want to do some extra homework yeah uh david i know i know david sylvian um has a really good album out that's like kind of in this territory um that he made with holger chuke called plight and premonition that's kind of like this is this this is cracking me up (laughs) Ah. we should we should come out tonight to this this. (laughs) (laughs) we have a show tonight so if you have a time machine come down to fan city impact I believe the Grammys are denied as well. Those old ladies. <laughs> Grammys, you see. I will say this. I like this music. We're going to move on for time's sake, but I, I, I would actually continue to listen to this if we had more time. Really? This side too, I would. It's starting to interest the me. The first part of it, I enjoyed, question mark, kind of. I don't know. This, uh, this second side's getting to me. You might enjoy Plight and Permanition. It's, it's, an opening, it's opening a hole for Penny Lane to see through. I don't know. Call back. All right, we're going to move on. 
So the next one is actually the second part of this, which is Unfinished Music number two, Life with the Lions. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I believe that is the next one. Yep. That was released on May 9th, 1969. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I guess we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll just go, or we'll start with Cambridge 1969. That's the first track. What do you think it's going to be? It's going to be more of the same fucking shit. No, but give me like specifics. What are we going to hear? The first okay, 20 seconds. Okay, it's going to be... Um, like a goat and with... Footsteps, because they're just walking away from the fucking recorder. <laughs> There's going to be... The first thing's going to be, is it on? Is it, is Hello, it, is testing. It on? <laughs> um... There's going to be a some point where, like, there's a movie or TV show. This is the pattern already exists in these other two tracks where it's just room, room noise, some kind of other media playing in the distance, Yoko Ono just screaming. Yeah. And then weird, vaguely symphonic, like, right. darkish ambient. Did you press record? <laughs> um, this is a piece called um, Cambridge 1969. Yeah, oh, Jesus, it's Yoko talking. <laughs> I was right, I said a goat. I said there would be a goat. Again, I listen to some pretentious ass shit. This is fucking <laughs> But okay, so let's be fair. They know it's bad, right? Like it's probably it, it's this because they wanted to make this. Yeah. So I guess we have to engage with it on its own terms, which is <laughs> This, a- this album actually made us made a little noise. It-, it peaked in the U.S. at number one seventy four. I'd say it made a little noise, didn't yeah. you? Made a little white noise. Okay, so we have feedback guitar. Concepts from Fluxus Art were used for the album. This actually would be interesting if it was live. Maybe. No. I think... Are they being serious with this? (laughs) I mean, it could also be like... John, like Yoko being like, I want to do something. And John being like, okay, well, because oh, he, absolutely. he, he loves her absolutely and he's just like is. kind of like placating her, but he's like, you know, Yoko's weird, man. I think there's a song on here called Two Minute Silence, which we'll uh, just skip right past that one. 
Is this, is this a new track? Or? No, it's the same song. <laughs> it's a long ass song. Um, the thing about performance art is you need to see it performed live. I don't know about need. It, it has. I think it has a greater intended effect when it's like an improv show. Yeah, like you're you're actually seeing these assholes do this fucking bullshit like in person and you get to watch everyone's exasperated look on their faces and you get to watch other people look at it and go, "Oh yeah, I, yes, yes." Yes, exactly. That's that's saying everything I wanted to say. All right, we're going to move uh So that was that's all of side 1 cuz it's 26 minutes long. <laughs> side 2 um, buy it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think side two, John took more. Well, let's just so first track on side two is called "No Bed for Beetle John." Oh fuck! John Lennon on vocals. What the fuck are they doing? Josh, if I ever start making music again and like I do this shit and like I present it to you in a completely unironic way, punch me in the dick, please. <laughs> I mean, I almost respect it. Almost. It's just, it's something. I, I guess you respect it for, for trying to be something different, you know? But Yoko was already kind of doing this shit. Well, she, I guess she, she's doing it some more. I really would, I, I kind of want, I want to see a, a, is there a documentary about Yoko? I kind of want to. I'm sure there is. We're at a point in our cultural history where almost anything, if it's popular enough, if you type in the thing and then documentary on YouTube, someone will have put something together. Yoko Ono documentary. Oh, by the way, it was, uh, Bobby Euchre. Mm. John and Yoko only above us, only sky documentary 2018. I'll watch that. Let's watch it all right now. It's on Netflix. Hey. Um, if they had to make a movie about John and Yoko, who would play who? Um, I bet they can get Aquafina to play Yoko, right? I was thinking she, Fred Armisen. She's a young and up-and-comer. <laughs> Fred Armisen to play Yoko? <laughs> you could pull it off. <laughs> who would play John? Fred Armisen. <laughs> um, who would play John? Probably like Miles Teller, maybe? Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Be genuine. <laughs> Stop being so detached and uh, sardonic. Okay, okay, hold piece on. Piece of shit. <laughs> That's awesome, because that that, you meant that. <laughs> hold on. We're going to play radio play real quick. So shut up for the first five seconds. <laughs> shut up. What is that? Uh, 
I think he's just playing notes on a guitar that's like muted. Um, okay. Yeah, it could be My it. genuine answer to who would play John Lennon. I already, um, I already said it. Miles Teller, boom, done. I don't know who that is. That's the guy from Whiplash. Oh. Uh, the, the kid. I think his name is Miles Oh, that Teller. guy. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, he was also in Fan Forestick. Yeah, look at that. He can play yeah. Lennon. No, I, yeah, that's good. Damn, I'm good at this you game. You are good. Um, Putting out in the universe, it's going to happen. Okay. Let me see. Aquafina. I don't think I know. I know who that. That's a person, she, but I'm, I think she was a rapper before. But now she's like getting into acting. Maybe. What do we got? Oh, sorry. Sure, why not? I don't disagree with that. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, we're moving on because this is. Why wait, well, leave, leave I'm gonna fast. Behind. I'm gonna fast forward to this the. Is, this is about. To the eight minute mark. Utility. Eight oh one. Oh, maybe I won't. No, eight oh one. Or seven fifty six. No, it's more to be fair. To be fair, this is probably that one's probably less troublesome than the other one. Boop, beep, boop. Well, I liked the side two of that. That's the that's the most I've liked. So yeah, fun. well, you like, you know, pop shit like that, so... Well, I'm a diva. <laughs> the next thing we have is a little tra- album called Electronic Sound from George Harrison. Released, I think, or recorded on the same day, May 9th, 1969. <laughs> They're just, like, dumping everything on the... Yeah, released. Um, dumping shit on the same day. Wow. <laughs> Bold move. Um, let's see. This is this album's an experimental work <laughs> comprising two lengthy pieces performed on a Moog 3 series synthesizer. Moog, Josh. Moog. It's a Moog. Well, there's two O's. I, I know, don't want to have to explain this to I, you. Again. I know my phonics, sir. I'm hooked on them, and this is <laughs> Mo, Moog or Moog. It was one of the first electronic music albums by a rock musician made at a time when the Moog. Moog. Was played by a dedicated uh, exponents of the exponents te- exponents of the <laughs> technology. Um, Harrison subsequently introduced the Moog to the Beatles sound, and the band featured synthesizer synthesizer for the first time on their '69 albums Abbey Road. Okay, um, the album received an unfavorable unfavorable response from many rock critics. <laughs> what? <laughs> This, I, I don't know. this episode has broken my brain a little bit. Yeah. Well, this is it's gonna be a slog to get through this. I mean the the people wanted chronologically. <laughs> they probably wanted actual like actual music no, chronologically. No, they like, want this. Starting with I, like actuals like no, like the the serious shit. I'm not gonna lie, this is what I've been completely waiting for. I just <laughs> So the first song on Electronic Sound is Under the Mersey Wall, which remember we were looking at genres last time and I saw like Mercy Beat was I think was it that is that what it's called? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mersey Beat. Mersey Beat. Mersey's like I don't know what the fuck. Anyway. Probably somewhere in London. London Here is Landon? So two tracks, forty three minutes on Landon. Alright. Thank you. 
Terry Riley shit. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, I definitely want to know what comes next. I think if George Harrison had modern logic technology and a, you know some good synth interfaces, this could have gone somewhere. But I appreciate what he's trying to do. I think if I th- I think. But the timbres are all kind of too similar for me. The what? The timbres. What is that? It's the color of sound, Josh. It sounds like a half color. It's it's an oh, oral it thing, you fool. <laughs> you said a thing. So you're into this. Stupid ambient shit. <laughs> yeah. What else? I mean, you you said a, a, it's 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 slacking for just from lack of technology. Yeah. But for its time, what do you think? I think like a lot of like Terry Riley stuff that was going on for its time. It's fine. It, it this is kind of what people were doing at the time. Um, because here you have this machine that does things that nothing else can do and you're just kind of messing with the fact that it's different more than anything, which is completely normal. I mean, it's like, it's like when stereo was a thing, they would make albums that were like very much in stereo where like, it's going from one thing to the other thing to the woo stereo. So this is kind of that, but like for an instrument, um, I'd be interested to hear this covered using, like, modern technology. Covered? Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what I want to I want to I'm gonna hear the cover of this song. I'd like to hear, like, a really good, like, <clears throat> Swedish, dark ambient. I don't know why I went with Swedish. Bjork. Uh, like, somewhat, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, when I say I want to, <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool if it existed. But by cool, I mean, like, why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> um. <laughs> it's... It's gonna, At this I mean, point, it's playing peekaboo with us. <laughs> this also could be, you know, an avant-garde film soundtrack type of thing going on. Right. Oh. He found that delay button, and he's loving it. Here's a question for you. Yes. You're a smart man with a lot of knowledge. I wonder, what is... 
the history of music, do we know like what, I mean, unfortunately we can only have, as far as recorded music, you can only go back so far, mm-hmm. but like, do we have any other, I'm sure we have drawings and such, do we have like written music, like I want to know the history of music as far as like when 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 did people start writing songs on what types of instruments? I mean, I guess the first thing would be with their mouths. They're like singing and stuff. Right. Yeah, maybe some percussion might be the first thing to come about. Maybe some yeah. drums or something. Well, I think the history loosely is just you know, caveman Steve comes up with you know a series of sounds or grunts or song or whatever. Caveman Steve sings it enough times and it gets repeated. And then, you know, a bunch of people are like, hey, new Caveman Steve song. I'm going to sing it to you, you know? Um, like, no, you got to... If I had headphones, man, you should you should listen to it like that. But I don't. So, but I need you to, like, really pay attention. Cause <laughs> so they... And then they recreate it, right? And then, like, at some point, they want to, like, transcribe it, sort of. But... It's really mostly uh, an oral uh, sharing of things. Western culture is the only we're the only people who actually like write down our music. Yeah, and um, and that's a huge that's a huge thing, right? Then that means that we can like we can have repeated uh, songs. We can and people can rewrite things. They can rework things, and that happens a lot. And there's a lot of traditions coming in, and you have a bunch of fucking Bible shit that you can put on there, and then it's it becomes about like extending the instruments you instruments are created and then people like write music for the instrument and then people become good at the instrument and then they could write more complicated music and then eventually publishing comes along beethoven's a complete fucking douchebag and then um, why is he a douchebag uh beethoven's main deal is that he kind of he stumbled upon the idea that maybe in the future, because pu- publishing happened right about the time that he was happening, and that maybe in the future there could be a greatest composer of all time. And if he just sort of like manipulates his image purposely to kind of go in that direction, then he might just be destined to become that person in the future. He, he kind of saw where this was going, mm-hmm. and, he's, and he said, like, you know what? I'm going to be Beethoven, like like the way that we talk about the Beatles. Mm. I'm going to be Beethoven, and people will talk about me because I'm going to run my career, like, very much in that direction. Okay. Um, Dan hates Beethoven. Eh, it's fine. Um, Moonlight Sonata, bro. Yeah. That shit throbs. <laughs> Um, and then the next major thing comes along that comes along is recording and then recording technology. And here we are. What's the oldest piece of recorded music? Uh, happy birthday. Son of a bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> just interesting. Well, you know, cause I just, so I don't, I, I wonder, you know, well, I guess oh, there is there is actually an oldest recorded thing, and it's on like like a wax cylinder somewhere. Interesting. I don't remember what it is, but I have heard it. Well, I, I, we have an idea of what a song is, and then 
but of course there's all kind i mean there's a classical like you know piece and then there's like a modern song first mm-hmm. chorus mm-hmm. but there's i mean what else is there i mean there's, there's this kind of shit experimental mm-hmm. shit there's jazz jazz and, uh folk music sure uh, trance trance and then there's all sorts of other stuff happening in other cultures that like we don't really get wind of until the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for them. Uh, the next piece, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying this as a full album. It says, John, give peace a chance. So maybe that's just like a single that he put a, out. I think it's just a song. Have we, have we listened to that? I have. No, have we on this album? Oh, or on this oh, podcast? oh, uh, no. You want to listen to it? Mm, define what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Plastic Ono Band. Mm-hmm. We'll listen to at least a little bit of it. Why not? Yeah, sure. I mean, all we're saying is give, give, give peace a chance, a chance. <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four. The song also. I think this, this, this song gave me the best example of a dad joke ever. How? How so? Give peas a chance. One of those people, huh? Yeah. I'm one of those people, too. I always... No, I mean, like, this was an actual dad joke thrown at me by my actual dad. Oh, yeah. When I was an actual child. Give peas a chance. And it was, it, it was I, think, I think it was the first time that, like, I just gave him that, that look of, like, are you fucking kidding me? So this was written during during uh, Lennon and Ono's bed in honeymoon in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm. People know this song. It's there. Is this all there is to the song? Just this over and over? Maybe. No. Okay. There's just some rapping in between. Mitch Miller does a real fucking rocking version of this. Sing along with Mitch Miller. I don't know who that is or what that well, is. Well, that just might be opening our next episode. John's one of John's iconic looks is him in that like denim jacket, right? And that those glasses. So don't don't hate the player, hate the game, baby. He's an icon. Sure. I'd rather listen to Yoga Ono screaming. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna stop this song. Um You can't deny John Lennon his bona fides, my friend. He is He is who he is. He is who uh, you can you can hate his his character, his ethical or lack of an ethical moral compass, but yeah. the man was a musician and he was good at it. He was he was a very good musician. He could make music. He was good. I, very good, I don't know. He was sometimes very good. If he's sometimes and he's always. No, that's not, yes. that's not how. He has the potential not, for always. Pot- well, we all do. Um, hey, but, uh, yeah, sure. It's fine. Okay. Um, eh. <laughs> just be a ringtone. Um, <laughs> we are saying. What, you don't like peace? You prick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, okay, it's entirely possible that. I don't like this song because of the dad joke. 
<laughs> can't blame John for that. I don't think so, but it's possible. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. All let's right. Give it. Yeah. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. All right. It's, well, we'll we'll cover one more before we gotta go. Like, um, but what? <laughs> what? Here's the problem. S- say what the you problem say. that I have with these kinds of songs is that if you don't like it, oh, then that means that you don't like peace or that you like you want war. And like, no. that's kind of it's. Nobody says that. No one thinks that. I don't know. I said I, that facetiously. <laughs> <laughs> I I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. Here's my so my thing with you is <laughs> I feel like you'll never like or appreciate not even have to appreciate you, you'll always react negatively to somebody making an honest to goodness chance of like something like give peace a chance like just like it's just an honest to goodness attempt at a at a, at a happy song. And like you'll be like, oh, that's bollocks, just because it's like a that's the thing, a happy thing, or like something that's yeah. like. I'm not saying that the, this song or or what's that one in the '80s with the we are the we are the world, are the world. like that's never gonna like move me any kind of way. But like, I think you have a stronger negative reaction to that because it's like, how dare you try to genuinely be happy or send a strong message? To I don't think it, I, I think that there might be some of that. That's just in my nature, but I think that. It's really kind of like, um, I, it's like my, I kind of want to go, okay, well, that's fine, but so what? You know, like, yeah, like I get the, the sentiment and that's, 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 that's great. It's all very well and good, but like you still are responsible for writing an actual song. Yeah. Well, they wrote one. Kind of. He raps in between, he invented rapping. Paul, that's true. John yeah. Lennon didn't invent rapping. Uh, let's go ahead and might as well jump onto this last one, I think, because it's two songs and it's like one of those 47-minute albums that's just two tracks. Um, and uh, then, uh, yeah, there's there's a few more. This is, John was pretty, he was, in 1969, he was releasing all kinds of shit. Um, October 20th, 1969 was the wedding album. <laughs> And I'm going to assume it was John and Yoko's wedding. <laughs> um, okay, so the, yeah, well, the first song is called John and Yoko, so uh, here it is. Is that the sound of a cat about to throw up? Could be the sound of them doing it. Ooh. Someone's literally chewing on the Yoko? Mic. Oh, Jesus. John? Okay, so... If it was just this for half an hour, would that be surprising at this point? This is an improv game. This is. <laughs> they're, they're heightening and they're yes-standing each other. Produced by Viola Spolin. Oh. Now it's a different genre. This is the... Now do it as a Western. 
So this is the third in the trilogy of the experimental, starting with Unfinished 1 and 2. I just want to make it clear that when I suggested that it could be just this for half an hour, I was joking. This is this is what we're coming out to. <laughs> yeah. All right, and finally, well, uh, it might just be this for a while. Hold on, let me fast forward <laughs> to the uh, 18-minute and 8-seconds part. It is them just still going on, but they're just... Mm-hmm. Whoever this Fluxus person was... Fucking idiot. Right, this is getting too hot and heavy for me. The next song is called Amsterdam. Okay, Yoko. Okay, will this evolve like more than say twenty percent from here? Yes. I say no. Yokono has a human theremin. That's a really good joke. Okay. I'll admit when I, that I'm wrong. Let's hope for peace. I think that you can't prove that these albums did not stop the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. And it very well could have been the reason why they pulled our, finally pulled our troops out of fucking vietnam you can't prove that that's not the are you on the legal team for the white house impeachment (laughs) just picture it uh lyndon b johnson listening to this was that who was president when they were pulled out? Taking a shit and yelling at his his secretaries. He used to do that, by the way. All right, we're going to fast forward to 10 minutes. <laughs> just the fact that there's 10 minutes to fast forward through. Oh, he's just talking. One way or the other, including Britain and the one they did to India. And South, and South Africa. So let's you know. go back to the future, you know. So that's why we're here. We want to talk to the, mainly to the young people. Oh, so this is just some talking. The world, because those are the people who are going to be the next generation. This might be like an interview or something. You know, and we just want to say. It, it may as well be. That we want to be with them and we're with them. And in, in our way, we're just announcing that we are. Well, this is more of a 20% change, so you got to give me that. No, I totally give you that. Uh, all right, twenty minutes. What the? Fuck? Just an interview. This just <laughs> self-indulgent garbage. Uh, hi, I purchased this John Lennon album. You know John Lennon of the Beatles. Yep. Uh, I 
No refunds. Oh, okay. You're talking about the wedding Um, album, aren't you? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, there's no no refund process. Okay. Uh, Uh, Have you heard it? Have you listened to it? Unfortunately, yes, I have heard it. I listened to it. Um, is there a disclaimer on there or some kind of like a sticker? Nope, or no, no, no. But we, we do not, uh, hold any legal liability. Okay. Once you buy it, you cannot return it. Okay. Um, is there a, do you have a, a, a an industrial re- record scratcher for me to scratch the entire second side? Yep. Oh, okay, good. Yep. Uh, I'll buy a second one then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if that needed to, ex- I mean, None of it needed to exist. Needed to exist as an album, or but back then, I mean, so like maybe if they had like YouTube back then, they could they would have just released that as like a as part of the YouTube channel. God, can you imagine Johnny Echo's YouTube channel if they had one? They'd find so many dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, man, so there's we got to go, but there's yeah. um, we'll come back to unless you really don't want us to. <laughs> The rest, which is Cold Turkey from John I want Lennon. Us to. <laughs> There's a live piece in Toronto from John. There's an instant karma from John. There's a sentimental journey from Ringo. Oh. And then we finally get to McCartney from Paul McCartney, which I'm, I'm sure is none of this bullshit on there. Okay. He doesn't mess around. He's giving you songs. I'm sure. Yeah. I, and I don't think Ringo would do anything experimental either, but I could be wrong. Oh, I w- hope so. That'd be I so fun. I think he has that in him. La, la. <laughs> <laughs> Me rings. <laughs> My real name is Richard. <laughs> so I'm just telling his life story. <laughs> the sound of like a glue bottle, kind of the. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so yeah. sorry for we, that. <laughs> we gotta go eat the dinner that you're hearing being prepared for us. Yeah. <laughs> um. And we apologize for um subjecting you to that, but um, <laughs> the music part. The music part. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, if you happen to be in the San Diego area in February, what is it, 26th? I have no idea. You're not gonna, we're not, we should probably plug our stuff since we don't... We have a show? Yeah, we have a show. I don't think anybody who listens to this is in San Diego. I think the only people who listen to this are in San Diego. These are just all your friends. <laughs> well, we have, mom. we have friends. Yeah. So, if, uh, I'm going to do a really awkward plug. February 28th, Terra Squad playing at uh, Finest City Improv. Tight. Come by. Come through. Um, until then, uh, probably next episode's going to be more of this, but we'll probably start to get to that, some actual listenable music. Um, Listenable's a, it's a very wide It's going to resemble more of what a song... Some of it might start to resemble... It won't be a goat bang for 30 minutes. Or playing a, a cat. A, a yeah. Bagpipe style. Well... Well, I, let me let me just toss this out. Dan, do you love the Beatles because of this? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Bye. Love you.